Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Droid Life Show, episode 98 today. Uh, it's Friday, November 20th, the week before Thanksgiving. So uh, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Kellen, with me, Tim. Tim, say hi. Hey, guys. How's it going? Tim here. So we took a couple of week break because I feel like we've just been overwhelmed with reviews lately. And there's been some other stuff going on. Like I had massive construction around my house that just doesn't allow us to do this. But anyways, like I feel like we've reviewed so many phones lately that we just kind of needed to not like unplug, but kind of. So anyways, we're back and we're going to talk about a lot of those reviews that we've done. Uh, We've also sort of discussed this week, the Android phone we think is the number one buy today. Same thing with Android watch. If you want one, uh, and then we've got some other devices around, like this ridiculously overpriced tag watch. Uh, mm. Tim has a OnePlus X, Galaxy View. Ron has the BlackBerry Priv. Like, not only were we overwhelmed by all the reviews we had to do, but there's like 10 other devices out there we could still be reviewing that we're slowly working on. So uh, anyways, and then we've got some carrier talks. Sprint, T-Mobile both announced a bunch of new stuff. Uh, yeah, there's just kind of a lot. So we're going to whip through a whole bunch of topics today. Uh, we're going to start first, though, with uh, the two big stories we've run this week, which are best Android phone you can buy today and best Android watch you can buy today. So if we start with phone, uh, we kind of just said the best phone you can buy right now. And you guys probably know this after reading Tim's review of it, but is the Nexus 6P. It's just it's Google's obviously it's obviously their flagship of the two they introduced this year. But there's just not a lot wrong with the phone. Maybe other than the really tall body, because they did the dual speaker and it's got some head and or chin and forehead going on. Otherwise, it's a great phone. Google finally put a good camera in it. Obviously, the performance is fine because it's Snapdragon 820 and Google's fine-tuned it. it. has a premium build, has great battery life, great fingerprint sensor, like a really good display. It's not the best display ever. Like Samsung's probably always going to win that battle. It's got a great display. I... I the price is good, five hundred bucks for this phone. When you know comparable phones from other manufacturers are six, seven hundred dollars. I don't know. I mean, you sort of felt the same way, right? Six P's phone you should buy right now if you need an Android phone. I felt the exact same way. I think I said it in my review and sort of the verdict part where I was like, I mean, this is phone of the year contender. Um, it hits a good price point. It definitely has all the features that an Android user would want. Um, you know, it has that kind of future proof that we're looking for with the NFC and the fingerprints. And so, you know, you can definitely utilize the mobile payments that will be coming heavily, uh, I think, next year and the years following. But uh, a great camera, which is where all the other Nexus, Nexi, Nexes before it, I mean, totally failed, at least in my opinion. I did not want to use the Nexus 5, although I did it was a nice little phone but the camera was just not very good i didn't use the nexus 6 because it was just too large and so i really think the 6p is like the perfect middle ground of just everything that we want like the top tier android specs and a great build quality it's a good looking phone it grows on you and um yeah, I didn't even mention that, but it's a pretty nice looking phone. We were all yeah. a little worried. I think we saw some of the leaks with whether or not it was going to have a big hump and what's with that weird black bar at the top. But Yeah, and uh, someone commented that it does not have wireless charging, which is true. But at the same time, I find that with thanks to the rapid charging through the USB Type-C port that you just don't need to charge it you know, as much. I mean, sure, it'd be cool to just set it down and charge it 
throughout the day, but it's it's just not really necessary when you can charge it in for a half hour and get plenty of battery life. And it, I think the battery life is pretty good and you can just have it for the whole day and um, not run out. So, I mean, I got like a solid day out of it each day. So, yeah, I mean, you know, my battery issues with all phones are well documented. Okay. This phone, like every night, like eight o'clock is usually when I'm looking for chargers with phones. And this phone, uh, I must have my Dropbox auto upload set to turn off at like 30% because for like two days, it kept telling me turning off, you need to charge kind of thing. And I was like, wow, this phone's almost dead. And then I kept going to plug it in. And I was like, well, it still has 30%, which is pretty good still. So yeah, for me, this is one of those phones that seems to last a really long time. Yeah, apparently there's a few people out there that have been snapping the phone in half. Oh and uh, <laughs> I know it's silly to talk about, but... Uh, you know, just from my everyday usage, without attempting to physically snap the phone in two, I was not able to. Like, I did not come across this problem. <laughs> I, I also, tried to, like, you tried emulate. To no, I just tried to sort of emulate the hand positioning of the guy you're talking I forgot what his name is. Jerry Rig something. Jerry, Jerry Rig everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I tried to emulate, like, his motion and everything. And I didn't put a lot of pressure. But, like, I'm not going to lie. I thought... I could I, I could feel it like wanting to give way. And I was just like, I'm not doing this because I'm never going to put it in sort of that pressure where I might bend it other than doing his method. And so right. I quit. But you're also, like, yeah, sorry. You're also not a bodybuilder like Jerry Rick. Everything is apparently this guy is, is like a champion bodybuilder and, and he could just He's snap dang. a human with his hands. Yeah. So, I mean, congrats to him, but like, I don't think I'm strong enough to do it. And I'm cool with saying that. I don't spend nearly enough time in the gym. Need to hit them weights. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm not worried about this phone bending. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm not going to put it in a position where it's going to be. I don't put it in my back pocket. So I'm not sitting on this thing. Right. I'm certainly not. Yeah. Just going to manually out of nowhere, just see if it bends. I, I just don't do that with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think. I think it's going to be just fine. Yeah, I also saw, and then after that, the reports of the glass back breaking where the camera is. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean that was that was maybe around for like a a day, and then it sort of died down. Not too many people talking about it. I really think that people were just harping. I think I got overblown. Yeah, I think people are just. I mean, it's glass. Of course, it can shatter. So, yeah, so we haven't yeah. we didn't really address that on the site. So what Tim's referring yeah. to is there was uh, like a giant Reddit thread going. Um, where people were saying the glass panel up at the up at the top, so this panel, um, everyone was saying that it was just randomly shattering and they weren't doing anything, and all of a sudden they looked down and it was shattered. And obviously that that could be possible. Um, we haven't had one single reader email and say, "Hey guys, these things are randomly breaking." Other than someone saying here's this thread. Have you guys heard anything about this? But we haven't had one reader that that's happened to. So we, I mean, look, I'm not saying like our readers know all and everything like that, but if not one, we have a lot of readers. So if not one of them has experienced that and emailed us, I, I don't, I don't know that it's a big deal. And I know it kind of made some rounds around some other news outlets. We just haven't, it hasn't broke. We've gone through three different units. None of ours have broken. And so I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. So I wouldn't consider that a flaw. No. So all in all, Nexus 6P, that's what we're going with for now for best buy at the moment. And then probably phone of the year. 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we're obviously going to try to write up a phone of the year post probably next month. But yeah, I mean, it's we just did this best phone you can buy right now in November. So unless something really weird changes, like all these six P's start like burning on fire, you know, like just melting or something in hands, like it's probably going to be the phone of the year. It's, it, you know, at, at the price and what you're getting for it, uh, it's pretty tough to be really good. I mean, Google did a pretty exceptional job, obviously in partnership with Huawei, but did a pretty exceptional job this year with the 6P. 5X on the other hand, I'm not necessarily running out to recommend the 5X to everyone. Like, <laughs> well, you guys saw my review, but I pretty much said just spend the extra, you know, 130 bucks and get a 6P. So. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just quickly, but our runner up, it, this is like as close as it gets to having a runner up. We put the Samsung Galaxy Note 5. It's just one of those phones that Samsung, I, I'm, other than the software in it, right? It's running Lollipop and who knows when we'll get Marshmallow and it's still got TouchWiz, which we hate. And I know not everyone hates it, but uh, like there's, there isn't really much wrong with this phone. Uh, it, I just picked it up recently after not using it for a while and it feels so good in hand. Like it's a giant phone, but it doesn't really feel that big because of the way it's designed and it's obviously premium, probably has the best camera of any mobile phone has the best display of any mobile phone. It's got wireless charging, which is also fast wireless charging. It's the only phone that has, I mean, there, like there's nothing wrong with the Note 5. It even has an S Pen, if you like S Pens. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I think the overall value you get with the 6P at that price point and stock Android and the updates and all that stuff is probably what gave it just like this slight edge. But look, the Note 5 is equally as good. So... And if we said you don't want either of those two phones for some reason, you might as well go for the Moto X Pure Edition. Obviously, Motorola is best phone ever. It's their best camera ever. You can customize it. It's also an incredible price, and it runs pretty much stock Android. And since it's basically their only flagship phone, there's not all these individual carrier variants all over. They will probably update it fairly quickly. I think they even said it's getting Marshmallow in a few weeks, or they're going to start testing or something like that. So. Yeah. So those are our three. Those are the phones you should pretty much be considering right now. That's not to say we think the LG V10 is a bad phone. I'll talk about my review about that in a second. Um, you know, the Joy Turbo is a good phone. There's like a whole bunch. Still, the Galaxy S6 and all those other S6 variants are still good phones. These are just the three that we think are the best. So, mm. uh, oh, we did ask readers though uh, what they thought the phone of the year was. And a lot of people complain about this poll because they're like, it's just a popularity. It's whatever phone they bought is what they vote for. That's true for the most part. But at the same time, like people do vote for phones that aren't their phones. Like they may, they may not own any of the new phones. Like they may own last year's Droid Turbo and they may be voting for the 6P. So it's not just everyone voting for their own. Anyway, 10,000 votes in so far and 6P is at 37%. So basically like 40% of our readers um, that voted said, 6P is phone of the year, followed by the Note 5, followed by the Moto X Pier. So they kind of went in line with what we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 6 is Turbo 2, <laughs> poor HTC. Poor HTC logged a couple of votes uh, <laughs> for the 1M9 and 1A9, but it didn't even crack 1%. They're actually both still at 0%, even though they did get a couple of votes in. Mm. Black, Blackberry Priv way down there. Really? Two percent of the vote. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that is our phone of the year, or our sorry, our best phone you can buy right now. So this morning, well, yeah, earlier this morning, um, Tim wrote up 
best Android smartwatch you could buy today. So you want a similar idea to what we just did, but uh, do you want to run through that? Yeah, basically, best Android uh, smartwatch. And it wasn't limited to just Android Wear. It was basically limited to, or uh, you know, anyone could get it as long as it ran for an Android device. So the Samsung Gear S2 was, you know, in the running. But today, currently, if you went out and bought a device, a smartwatch for your Android phone, we think that the Moto 360 second gen is um, the best bang for your buck. It basically has everything you want from a smartwatch, right? It has good looks. As good internals, Motorola did a great job at updating, you know, the internals to something that would actually be usable for more than a few months. Um, last year, it came with a Texas Instrument OMAP processor, which became extremely fidgety and laggy, um, especially after a year of usage. And a smartwatch, you know, I mean, you sort of, especially in the design, you want it to be timeless. So say you want that smartwatch to last forever, but the internals, especially that OMAP processor, did not allow for such a thing. Um, it, it just became unresponsive sometimes. It was just laggy. It was terrible. But now it's got Snapdragon 400 processor. Uh, the design has been updated to that features lugs, which will, allowed Motorola to include a somewhat larger battery, so, you know, tiny, smaller battery, still small. But, um, I mean, and of course, Android Wear itself has grown so much. And even a year um, now that it's running Lollipop and um, I forget the exact version number that Android Wear is on. It's like 2.3 or 3.2. Android Wear? It's yeah. like one, it's 1.3, isn't it? 1.3. It's so about An- to be 1.4, which is yes. Marshmallow. So Android Wear has gotten a lot, much, uh, a lot better uh, on all devices. So... And the way that you can customize it, and it's still at an affordable price. So the Moto 360 second gen starts at $299 through Moto Maker and also on Google Store. But but even if you want to deck it out in all gold and you want to um, get the neural bezel going and, I mean, really deck this thing and even leather bands, um, it's really not that expensive. Uh, so I, I really think that that is why I think it is the smartwatch to buy today. And uh, I don't, do you want to add anything? I know that you feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's the, uh, I kind of keep coming back to value, right? Like with the Nexus, it was value compared to the no five. And with this, it's for two ninety nine. you could, and obviously that's the base price. But you customize this thing at no extra cost, unless you start, you know, adding yet knurling and all that stuff, but you can basically make your own for two ninety nine. Um, and we'll, we'll get to the runner up in a second, but it's, it's like, because you can make a watch just how you want it. And it also just looks good in general. It, the, the design looks, it's looks great. It's like kind of a classic watch design. It does have the lugs. Um, you know, they move the crown position. Like there's all these things they did to just make it slightly better. Um, but it's, it's really the only one you can say, no, I want, you know, a black case, but I want a gold bezel and I, and I want it in 46 millimeter versus 42 or whatever, you know, you can change all that. Uh, they just, yeah, it's, Overall, just everything about it, I think, just makes it the the best smartwatch you can buy right now. Yeah, Motorola definitely made like the perfect sequel. I think they really tried to touch on what people didn't like about the first one, and really, you know, brought their A game with the second one. And so, big props to them. Uh, the only issue that I could really come up with was the flat tire that everyone seems to not everyone, a lot of people seem to harp on is the flat tire or the ambient light sensor that is on the front bottom portion of the display. And it so seemed you like this year it didn't get as much play. Like everyone ditched, out. ditched it, initially, and then they were just like, whatever it is, what it is. Like, I don't feel like people complain about it as much anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, right when they first announced it, it was definitely still there. They're like, what? They brought it back. But at the same time, you know, um, Motorola must feel that the ambient light sensor is a really important feature for their watch. It really helps separate them from the pack. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't really talked about that, but yeah, is it? It's one of those things, especially if you use like the Huawei watch or, you know, like this tag watch or whatever. I don't, I don't ever want like the screen to automatically adjust brightness so much. Like if I need to be brighter, I'll just hit the damn theater mode or whatever, not theater mode, but the sunlight mode. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. That's really my only beef. And I think a lot of other people's main beef is just the flat tire. But other than that, all around good smartwatch for two ninety nine. I mean, for a smartwatch, I don't want to get into like if smartwatches are even worth that much, but that is what it costs. And I don't think it's a bad price if, you know, if getting an Android Wear and sort of a having an extension of your smartphone on your wrist, you know, is uh is good for you. Yeah, and, and I mean the the price at two ninety nine for a starting price, and even if I think if you go full out gold everything with knurling and go forty six millimeter, I think it's still under five hundred bucks. And look, that's expensive for for a smartwatch. But if you compare it to like the highest end Huawei, um, even like a second tier Apple Watch. Uh, you know, you're still not even there. So you could go get the most decked out, biggest Moto 360, and you've customized it to your liking, and it's still under 500 bucks. So, yeah. But uh, second runner up, if you don't like the Moto, if you can stand the flat tire, is definitely the Huawei watch. Um, it's basically, you know, I, I went in the post. I wanted to say it's everything the Moto 360 isn't, but that didn't exactly make sense to to me. The Huawei watch, you know, it features that fully circular display. Um, I, I want to say it features, you know, more high end sort of, or like premium materials, but, but not really, um, Moto, they use the Horween leather, uh, instead of so, sort of that genuine leather bands that Huawei uses, at least on the stock, um, stock model, but the Huawei watch, it starts at 350, uh, and there's only that one, mo- I think there's two models at 350, um, with stainless steel, the black leather, and that's the one that we reviewed, and because at the time and still not available was, you know, of course I wanted that all gold one, but of course it costs, you know, $800, $799. And you still you can't know, buy that one, by the way. Exactly. It's still not available. They just made the rose gold and alligator band one available. And that's like 600 or something. It's yeah. 750. How too much. There, yeah. yeah. So great, great smartwatch still features, you know, Android wear Huawei baked in like 40 custom smartwatch faces. And, I mean, it's basically the same thing as a Moto 360, except it's made by Huawei. Features a higher resolution AMOLED display. Yeah, I would say the display is probably an upgrade. It's higher resolution. I love the AMOLED display on that thing. It looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. But again, I mean, uh, you're just not getting that same level of, say, the customization. And then you're looking at that price bump. Even for the one I really like, which is the um, sort of the stainless steel mesh band, the one that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's $399. I think Um, it is, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you're looking at $400. I guess if you've got the money to spend, why not? I mean, it's not a bad device by any means, but I think for the general populace... Huawei was like, we're making a luxury watch. We're not necessarily... Which is why it's just slightly higher priced. And they kind of say that, like, we're making more of a high-end watch, not just the affordable thing. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think... You know, I went to their press conference for it, and they said they weren't looking to please the early adopters, you know, who want uh, all the tech stuff. They want to please the the timepiece lovers who want a classic timepiece watch and et cetera, et cetera. So, and yeah. And if you can't stand any Android wear device, 
in general, you've got the Samsung Gear S2. But uh, I'm going to let you speak on that one. You have way more experience with it than I do. Yeah, so the Gear S2, it's it's one of those things like we, I spent a whole bunch of time with it a month or so ago, and then we got bombarded with new phones. And so it's kind of taken a backseat. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's obviously Samsung's best smartwatch ever, which, which isn't necessarily saying a lot. Uh, it's just a totally different take on a watch software experience than Android Wear. It's more of a let's load up apps and set up specific pages that show weather and health and all of this stuff rather than like the glanceable cards on Android Wear that you just dismiss and dismiss. The Keras 2 is like, let's set up dedicated pages for things we like. Um, you know, it's it's an okay uh, watch UI. Um, you kind of have to get used to it. Um, but it's got that awesome bezel, which rotates, which is like the coolest smartwatch feature. And I wish everyone would somehow enable that on theirs. Um, you know, the battery life's fine. The design's fine. It's small enough watch that it should fit just about everyone. The price is fine. It's two ninety nine for the base model there. Um, the, I think the biggest problem I have with the gear S2 is like the app ecosystem is garbage. Like, like there, well, there isn't one, I should say like Samsung, when they launched it, they partnered with a few people like ESPN and, and uh and nike plus to get some stuff on there but like runkeeper and le- unless something's changed in the last month like runkeeper which is the app i use to run with they don't have an app for the gear s2 so i can't even use it um and so that's their problem is they since they ditched android wear and went with their own ties in operating system it just doesn't there there aren't apps and i don't know the developers are ever going to make apps for it because who knows if these watches are even going to be successful so um, overall, the, the UI and the build and the design and all that stuff, and even the price is right with this watch, but the software experience with apps, it just may not be the best option. But like you see the option if you don't like Android Wear, not necessarily the best smartwatch. So yeah, those are those are our picks. Those are our best, picks. Best smartwatch you can buy today. And the third runner-up, I believe, was the Tag Connected, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> the Tag Connected is... <laughs> Do you want me to talk about this real quick? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. So this is the the tag connected right here. So Tag Heuer announced a Android Wear device. And, uh, well, we knew it was coming. It's not like it was a surprise. We knew it was coming. Um, This is it, though. It is. So this is a $1,500 Android Wear smartwatch, which is just insane. So the Huawei watch, the highest priced Huawei watch is $800. And it's stainless steel with like a gold plate rose gold plating on it like this is it's a rubber band and it is the 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 body is made of titanium though and so is the uh and so is the clasp but i mean it's not necessarily the the build's not necessarily that nicer than you know those other ones it's totally different watch like it's it's a sport watch um it's not supposed to be you know a classy wear with a suit timepiece uh you know, the specs are decent on it. They're not amazing. It does have a gig of RAM though, which is kind of crazy. Uh, the display though, you know, it's not even as high resolution as that on the Huawei watch. I, I, I will say this though. Uh, it's one of the most comfortable smartwatches I've ever worn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's a rubber band, you know, it's not the leather bands we've seen from some of the other ones or the metal bands it's rubber, but the titanium body and all that stuff, it's really light and really, really comfortable. Uh, a lot of the Android wear watches just wearing them throughout a day they kind of start bugging me after a while. I don't know if it's some of them have cheap bands or what it is. This thing I can wear all day, almost like a sport or like a fitness band, except it's a watch. Uh, the experience, obviously it's Android wear. There's nothing new about it. Like tag didn't do anything special with the software. Um, they included, I think it's four different 
tag inspired watch faces that they took from like their chronograph and some other Carrera models and things like that. And there's a, they had, there's like a GMT watch face and I've changed off of this cause I think they're ugly. So, you know, and like I don't mind some of tags real watches and some of their designs aren't bad, but the watch faces, they sort of carried over from real watches onto here. Just, I don't think translated all that well. So um, I, I'm going to review this thing shortly. I mean, it's not that hard of a review, but uh, you know, it, look, it's a $1,500 smartwatch. Like I don't know that anyone needs a $1,500 smartwatch. This is a technology that's going to be outdated soon. So I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> Tag did a sort of a unique thing though. If you pay 1500 for this in two years, when the warranty's up, they'll let you pay another <laughs> 1500 and get a real Swiss Carrera watch that they're, I think they're making exclusively for people that bought this. So you kind of are getting an exclusive watch that maybe other people can't get. And it's a real watch and it is what it is. I, I mean, like, do you, you just paid 1500. Do you really want to pay another 1500 for a, a real watch? So you're basically paying 3000 for a tag Carrera, which is kind of expensive for a tag watch, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things we picked it up because it's the first luxury smartwatch for Android. And <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone to go buy this. Like if you just have money to blow and you like the label, like if you're just the massive tag Hoyer fan, sure go buy it like it is what it is uh but everyone else like you shouldn't even really be considering this thing it's just not worth it i played with it for about five minutes and i thought it actually ran very smoothly i was like oh yeah. a gig of ram really helps android wear and, like it was fun intel processor yeah an intel processor so all in all I, I thought it was cool i mean it's definitely a little it's on the bulky side yeah, but i could see how good. you would say it's comfortable like it doesn't it doesn't it's not weighty or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, it's one of the lightest watches you'll put on, which is kind of nice. So. How, how much was that uh, special edition watcher bang that LG put out? Wasn't that like twelve ninety nine or something? That's right. They had a gold one. I don't know. Yeah, I know that was over a grand, but I still okay. think Tag has them beat out. Oh, it was a twenty three carat watcher bang. It was twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. So. so so yeah, you can uh, you still get a 24 karat gold watch, or you can just get a tag sport band with rubber bands for 1500. It's <laughs> just crazy to think that this tag watch is 15, and that gold watcher band was 1200, and yet the Apple Watch Edition still starts at ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I just wish rich people had like better things to spend their money on when it comes to stuff like this. You know, like like something like super cool, like none of. The, Especially the Watcher Bane. I'm sorry. I, I don't personally enjoy the Watcher Bane, like the, the design or the look of it at all. The Watcher Bane is the ugliest Android Wear smartwatch ever made. I will go, I am, I'll, I'll go on the record and say, like, I have yeah. that thing and I wore it and I just looked at my wrist and just shook my head every time. I was like, I cannot believe I'm wearing this thing. It is so atrocious. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. I wish people that had the money for these fancy things could buy nice looking fancy things. And uh, and everyone would be super jelly. Like, why doesn't the you know the tag maybe come with a few diamonds in it or something like that? I mean, it's titanium. I think that's like the, that's what you're paying yeah. for. It. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is it's it's that's a good looking that's a good looking watch. It's a good looking watch. I mean, it, you know, it's funny because like tag went sport watch instead of like Moto and Huawei went you know classic timepiece, and so they did. And I mean, I think they did a good job. Like, it's a nice looking watch. It's just that it's a smartwatch is also. Yeah. So anyway, I think it, I think it looks cool. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying $1,500, that is rough. 
but I'm I'm glad I'm glad you got one. Well, you know what sucks now is like we're bought into this thing for fifteen hundred, and like in two years, like I mean, do I? Oh, you trade up. You trade. I mean, you kind of feel like you have to. You have to because in two years, that thing's going to be totally worthless and obsolete. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. In two years, this thing becomes worth pennies, right? So like you might as well. You're already fifteen hundred invested. I guess you just have to then go buy the 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 real deal. Yep. It's kind of cool if they if they are designing something special for the people who bought the connected and it's some sort of exclusive. I that's, believe it is. That's kind of legit, like an exclusive tag non-connected Carrera. That could be sweet. That could go on Did eBay. I see that on. I saw that on. It was one. It was one of the like watch sites. Uh, it was like a blog to watch or something. Did a write up on it. What do and they I, think about it? I mean, you know, do, have you read much of what the watch community feels about the smartwatch? I, I, I did, yeah. So um, I, I read, so Kevin Rose, you know, from Dig fame, and he's worked with Google and stuff like that. He He's like one of the owners now of Hodinkee, and he did a... Uh, he did like a video overview, but he didn't really like, you know, cause Hodinkee's like uh, editor did the intro for the tag warrior event. Right. So they couldn't really, you, you could tell That's Kevin nice. was like, I can't really be critical. Let me just tell you guys what this is. Um, but I read on a blog to watches um, their little write up. And I swear they had a picture of what the special career will look like. I'm looking through their site now and I'm not mm-hmm. finding it. Uh, but I thought they had, it was like a mock-up type of picture. Hmm. Uh, the funny thing with them was they were like, this is one of the first watches, uh, like smart watches that has, I can't remember what they said, like a personality or is at like, has like a, like you feel like it's a real watch because like the display doesn't go fully black. Like it stays on and shows the, 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 like the dial. And I wanted to email the guy and go, you know, you're wrong there. Like Android wear watches have all had an always on display. Uh, he must have only held the uh, the Apple Watch or something, but I was like, I was like, you're wrong there, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm not finding that picture of the actual watch. Anyway, I thought I saw like a mock-up of it. So, but uh, as far as I know, it's supposed to be a specially made Carrera just for people that bought this. So, anyways, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so it's something. And they've got those different colors too. So, which I believe are still not yet available. But still. if you go into a tag boutique. They have the other colors, but online it was only black. And we don't have tag boutiques in Portland, Oregon, so we have the black version. We don't? Shoot. <laughs> I figured we'd have one out here. <laughs> I saw some pictures of a couple of tags. There was like a New York City, and I think there was a line of people that was kind of surprised. That. Yeah. I, I think with luxury watches, uh, people get attached to a brand, right? It's just like oh, yeah. with Apple and stuff like that. They get attached to a brand and like they care. Like I'm, there's probably tons of dudes out there that have tag collections. So this is probably just something you collect. I, I don't know. All right. So moving on, let's start talking through all the reviews we've done recently. So uh, I guess I'll start with the LG V10. So LG V10 is the surprise hit of the year. I would say, <laughs> Uh, was obviously when this phone was first announced, I was a little, I don't want to say critical of it. I just kind of poked at it a little bit. It was like, Hey, look at all these stuff and things like LG just like created a marketing term sheet and created a giant phone and people got mad at me and rightfully so. Um, I will just say that I actually like the phone. Uh, I spent a long time with it. I spent like two weeks with it and was getting ready to write up the review. And then the Nexus phones arrived on our doorstep. And so I kind of put it down. We went Nexus reviews and then I went back to it. 
And so I've spent two different occasions with the V10 and it's a really good phone. It's huge and probably too huge for my liking. Um, actually, if you hold it up next to the 6P, it's not that much bigger than the 6P. They're about the same size, but there's something about it that just feels a lot bigger. Um, but like, it's got these steel sides and it's speedy enough having a Snapdragon 808 in there. The camera's pretty good, although I wasn't overly impressed with it. Um, the software is LG software and it's not my favorite, but it's, you know, it's gotten somewhat better. You know, it has that goofy secondary display, which actually has some use. Um, it, like when the phone's off or in a locked state, that little display like always shows a clock. So you can always know what time it is without having to touch a button. And it shows you if you have notifications. And, and so I found that little secondary display useful when I wasn't using the phone, when it was just sitting on a desk or something. When the screen was on and it shows you like recent apps and shortcuts, I never use that stuff because the phone's too big and you couldn't even reach up top there. Um, see, what didn't I like? There wasn't a lot I didn't like. I, I will say though that the fingerprint sensor in this thing is terrible. I set it up and I just stopped using it after a while because it just it just never read anything. Um, the speaker on the bottom of the phone is also about the worst speaker I've ever heard of a smartphone. Like I cranked up a couple of videos and it was just like crackle, crackle, crack voice. It was bad news. But overall though, V10, I mean, I'll admit, like I was making fun of the phone and I can admit now that I was, I don't say I was wrong. I'll just say that I stand maybe corrected a little bit in the fact that the phone's actually pretty good. And I, I should have given it a little bit more of a fair shake up front. You spent a little bit of time with the V10. What did you think about it? Uh, too big and awkward. Like, really awkward to hold for some reason. The way how thin it is with sort of like the metal siding, but then super thin plastic. There was just something about it. Didn't feel right in my hand. I don't really care for the look, honestly. I think it's it's sort of weird. It's got that plastic front, uh, bottom it's side. And the fingerprint sensor, like you said, it was absolutely terrible at least in my opinion <laughs> it was terrible. Um, yeah i mean coming from a nexus 6p or even um the galaxy note 5 i mean these have well working fingerprint readers but the v10 was a major step backwards i mean it took a couple of times to get it going the setup was ridiculous it took a solid 10 minutes to set this bad boy up <laughs> every time it, it would say all right take your finger up put it back down but like each time i did it like wasn't reading that i was doing it and I swear, like, the pro- the progress thing went up, and then it even went down a couple of times. I'm like, how do you how do you go down? I was at 75% complete, now I'm back at 50. Like, what's going on? It was just, it was really frustrating to set up. LG software, um, I'm not a huge fan of. I think they got a lot of work to do in that department. Sort of like what Samsung did with TouchWiz, but um, more so. Other than that, the camera seemed great, although the camera did not deliver nearly as well as I thought it would. For example, I would I would go outside with the dogs, take some pictures. On the device, they look sick. Like, the color looks fantastic. I'm like, wow, I can't wait to get these on the internet for everyone to see how good of a photographer I am. <laughs> but then I would get them on there, and I'd blow them up, and they just don't look as detailed or as crisp. And I'm just like, well, that's sort of a downer. I was out there for half hour. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What the problem is, you know, I tried messing with the manual mode. I think it's great, all the work that LG puts into the manual mode with the video and photo now. And you can really play with a lot of fun stuff. Even the audio, it's really great. It's a super comprehensive experience for people who love photography. But 
it just did not deliver um, the results that I was expecting, especially since the G4, I thought, delivered uh, great in terms of camera. So that was my take on the V10. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with the camera. I was expecting it to be one of the best, and then I just was kind of underwhelmed by it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the V10 is it's a large, large phone, but it's got almost everything you could want packed inside. Uh, it's got a removable battery too, an SD card slot, which a lot of phones don't have. Uh, I think I think LG did a really nice job on it. Uh, it's, it's obviously not the phone for me, but you know, if you like giant phones and you don't mind LG's skin, like, really can't go wrong with it. So you are right. Um, for anyone who wants it, I have the picture. They have what tag will sell you. I know this is late, but they have what tag will sell you if you bought the tag code connected. I'm just going to put it right here in the in the chat. Okay, but they the say chat. this is what you'll be able to buy for another $1,500 when the two-year warranty on the also $1,500 tag hour connected watch expires. Sort of a plain looking, all black. Is that but really it? Yeah, so it's basically the same watch. They just swapped out the internals. Yeah. So it's a sport Carrera with a date. But yeah. So it's the same watch. It's not terrible, but $1,500. You're For this, you're just paying for the name. That's all you're getting. Uh, you're still getting titanium. Yeah, you're still getting titanium. I mean, like I said, it's it's a comfortable watch. So if they throw, it'll add a little bit more weight once they put that movement in there, but... Yeah. Well, Regardless. It, huh? Anyways. Yeah. yeah. All right. So V10. Um, oh, on that fingerprint scanner note, remember how we both said it sucked? I think it was Vlad at The Verge did a report on all the fingerprint sensors everyone's using. And uh, it's it's that company that Samsung was supposed to buy and never did, I believe. Yep. And so everyone is using those fingerprint readers now and and including the LG and the V10, except they did something different. Like everyone was using a certain API or doing something properly and LG went a sort of different route. Like it's the same sensor everyone's using, but their implementation was slightly different. And so whatever they did sucks. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the LG V10, it's really good phone. It, if you, if you like the look, which is certainly an acquired look. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong there. Uh, let's see. Okay. So turbo two and max two. So right. the new droid phones, like with all the stuff has happened since like our last show. So Motorola and Verizon obviously announced new droid phones. I think our last show, we talked about our sort of first impressions with them. So our reviews are out now. Uh, I'll try to be quick with this too. The turbo two. It's another really good phone. It's another one of those phones you can't really go wrong with. It's got good performance. I actually noted that it was one of the better performing phones I've used in a really long time. And maybe that was because I was coming from the 5X, which had god-awful performance. But uh, Turbo 2, really good performance. Um, Customization, it's got Moto Maker. You kind of can't go wrong there. It's got a good camera in it because it's basically the same camera that's in the Moto X Peer. Really good camera, actually. It was one of those that stood out as well. Battery life is obviously phenomenal. It has like a what's the battery size? Like 3,900 milliamp hours, something crazy like that. I mean, obviously that's part of the point, right? Is have a giant battery, 3760 milliamp hour, but so it's huge. It lasts forever. Um, And then it has the shatterproof display technology, which is a big deal. Uh, The only thing I will say is the display isn't great because it's basically a plastic display, first gen type of thing. They clearly need to just sort of upgrade that component. Um, So it's not the best looking display, but 
it's probably going to be fine for most people. Uh, it is indeed shatterproof. And I believe it's shatterproof because it's all plastic and you can't really shatter most plastic. Most plastic just like bends or rips. So, um, I, you know, I dropped the thing a ton and obviously didn't shatter it. I scuffed up the edges and things like that. Also, if you do scuff the phone up enough, you can replace the top lens on it um, and, and basically have a brand new display whenever you want. Those new lenses do cost 30 bucks from Motorola, though. Uh, let's see. I don't really have anything bad to say about it other than it doesn't have a fingerprint reader. And, you know, most of the other phones we're talking about these days seem to have those. Uh, and it's also a Verizon exclusive in the U.S. So if you're in the U.S. and you wanted a shatterproof phone, you're screwed unless you're on Verizon. Um, it also has just an insane amount of bloatware, which is kind of crazy. Mm. Um, yeah, good phone, though. I mean, I, I really like the Turbo. It's ugly as hell. Uh, I should say the white version. I actually mentioned that in the review that the white version is the ugliest phone I've ever seen. I, I'm not joking. It is so <laughs> ugly. They did this split speaker thing on the bottom with the Verizon check mark, and there's all these sensors sticking out. Like, if you're going to buy this phone, and don't get me wrong, if you buy this phone, you'll be perfectly happy with it. It's a great phone. But buy the black version. <laughs> Do not buy the white version. It is ugly. Uh, so, yeah, that's Turbo 2. You had the uh, Max 2. You want to talk Max 2 review? Yeah, I had the Max 2 real quick. I just want to talk about the Droid Turbo 2. I had someone oh. come up to me on the streets who doesn't know anything about smartphones, and they said that they saw the commercial for the Droid Turbo 2, and they were like, wow, I saw with the display you can actually bend it? That is so cool. And I was like, no, 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 no. That is like advertising wishy-washy bull crap. You cannot bend the display. Yeah, it's just a plastic OLED that is bendable, but they put it inside glass and plastic. You can't bend it. That's and he's funny. like, well, I that's talking stupid. about too. That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks cool on TV, but I don't like the way they did that. Tricking people. Uh, yeah, so the Max 2, basically I said... Um, not, you loved it, right? Yeah. Not a phone <laughs> of the year candidate, <laughs> even though some may disagree. Um, it had great battery life. And I, I sort of like caught some flack for this, but I said it had too much battery life because just the way my day goes. I know exactly what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah go ahead. Like I plug my phone in at the end of the night. If a phone has 40% left at night, I'm not going to plug it in because I know I can get through the night. And I just don't want to like kind of burn out the battery or anything like that. You know, I know it's not 2008, but I just I have a thing, especially because it's it turbocharges. So um, and I don't know if there's been enough research into turbocharging and battery life and charging over 100. They say, you know, the batteries just they don't take anything more than 100 percent. But anyway, I'm not a scientist. Anyway, uh, I, I just have two things to say before you keep going. Number right. one, you're fine charging batteries as long as you want. They're not, you, you're going to be okay. Trust me. You can, mm. <laughs> you can get over that. Habit. Second, second though, what I mean by I know what you're talking about is, at least I think I know what you're talking about, is you're saying like you get through a day and you're at like 40%. And so then you're in this like area where you go, well, shit, do I charge it? Do I not charge it? Because you know that 40%, it'll get you to like, two o'clock the next day and you're gonna have to charge it again but then like at two o'clock are you gonna be near a charger so i know you mean like it's like too much because it's it'll get you through a day but it can't quite get you through that second day so you have to find a damn charger anyway so i I think i kind of know what you mean exactly so i ended up because i came to that same dilemma that kellen just explained multiple times when i started using the phone i just started charging it every night And, um, and it was, it was great. It got me through an entire day 
And um, I, I found that once I was able to convince myself that I would just charge it every night, regardless of how much was left at the end of the day, I started using the phone more and I was more active on the things I wanted to do because I knew ah, I'm just going to charge it, charge it at the end of the day anyway. And I know it has enough battery life to get me through all of this in that day. So other than the great battery life that I had, um, had a crappy display, a crappy camera. The first time I turned on the camera, it was fine. But then the second time I turned on the camera, it had some really weird image processing issue bug that I shared with my fellow Droid Life people. And uh, it was really odd. Luckily, it never did that again. But um, the camera, just not not as good as um, some of the cameras we're seeing on the other phones. But uh, you know, it's sort of it's a budget friendly device. Um, if you need, if you just need a phone that uh, sort of lacks in the processing power department, sort of lacks in the camera department, it's not a bad choice. I mean, it is on uh, Verizon's network, and we all know that that's worth every penny. And uh, <laughs> and it comes with so much bloatware too. That's the like the, the Droid so brand much. is so watered down by games garbage. Were, like, well, they weren't installed, but on both of They're these shortcuts, phones, like, these three little shortcuts, a little kitty games, it was super <laughs> super dirty. And yeah, you click them and you have to go install them, but still, like, come on, Verizon. I, it's really, it's really a quite, pretty poor decision, I think, on their their side, but. Um, it's just not a phone I would recommend, considering that there's other devices out there. For example, the Moto X Pure Edition, which was only like $20 more than the Max 2. And you get to customize it. And you can like have leather and have a way better camera. And I just it twisted upgrades, it. upgrades like, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And it's like 20 bucks more. It might even only be 10 bucks more. How much was this phone? Th- I think I thought this phone was, was 389 like, Yeah. Or was it 379 I thought it was 379 That could be it, yeah. But, I mean, a couple of dollars more. Yeah, that's that's just pennies a day. So I think yeah, you'd so be better off phones where you could go. All right, well, it's, so it's the budget version of the Turbo Two. Let's give it a let's let's cut it some slack here, and then you go. Wait a minute, it is three seventy nine, by the way, or no, three eighty four. Three eighty four. But but then you go. Wait a minute, at three eighty four, the Nexus Five X is five dollars cheaper <laughs> and is a better phone. And then, yeah, the Moto X Pure Edition, which is Motorola's actual flagship, is tw- is fifteen $16 more. So why would you not just go? I mean, you could get a OnePlus 2 if you wanted. It's technically a little more high-end than this. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, I just remember when we were first having our conversation and you were talking through all this stuff, I was like, yeah, I want to cut it some slack. It's a budget phone. And then, you, yeah, you start comparing and you go, wait a minute. There's all these other phones <laughs> out there that are better, that are the same price or cheaper. So Exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah, just not a phone I would recommend. I mean, it definitely has its pros, but, you know, it definitely has its cons. And I think the cons for this device outweigh the pros. So that's all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, not every phone has to be like, oh, you should run out and buy it. Some phones just, you know, they're just not that good. Yeah, someone asked if we would just disable the blow. And yeah, that's the first thing we do is disable the blow. But at the same time, I just don't want the phone to come preloaded with a half hour of work I have to do to disable all the blow. Well, there's and, also some of the Verizon stuff you can't because it's all mm. sis, a lot of it's system tied, and so you can't just disable it. So. Yeah, NFL Mobile you can uninstall though, so that's good. They're letting you uninstall that now, huh? That's good. Pretty sure I was able to. Surprised. Yeah. Well, if real quick, I booted up the phone, I disabled all the bloatware. I saw that there was updates for all of it in Google Play. I thought it would just refresh knowing that I had disabled it. It didn't. So it updated it all. Then and I had to disable it all <laughs> again. So, oh, this world. 
But yep, that's it. You also had a problem with the headphone jack too, didn't you? And it, you, it took you like eight different headphones to find one that would work. So that's yeah, kind of I, a weird issue. I tried uh, four sets of headphones, two over ears and two buds. And the only earbuds that I got to work super properly, like with no kind of uh, scratching and clicking noises, was a pair of Samsung buds that came with the <laughs> Galaxy Note 5. Seriously, and yeah, I, I told that to Motorola like public relations and they got a kick out of that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But wow. um, I think that was just my unit. Um, I don't know what happened with it. I mean, it could just be a damaged component. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple fix, but yeah. at the same time, it was a problem for me. Yeah. All right. So uh, BlackBerry Priv is in-house. Well, Ron has it for those wondering. So we got a BlackBerry Priv and uh, unboxed it and did that sort of initial impression. I did that. And then we shipped it off to Ron. Because as I mentioned at the start of the show, Tim and I are a little reviewed out at the moment. Um, and Ron's been looking forward to this thing. He's been talking about the Priv uh, quite a bit. So Perhaps. he's got it, working on the review. We asked him just before the show uh, for a quick impressions or or thoughts just as of right now on the Priv. And <laughs> we're going straight quote here. I'm with a client, <laughs> but the short version is, Phone of the year with mediocre battery. I love the keyboard. And he said, it's like the stylus for the note, but actually useful. So how is the keyboard like the stylus for the note? I think he's just saying it's sort of like an accessory, but you actually will use it. You know, we, we talk uh, about the, the pen and the note, right? And how we want to use it, but we can't ever find a reason to actually use it. Yeah. I think he's saying it's kind of like that. It's an add on, but he actually does use it. So interesting. So phone of the year, just he's, Going all out, fun so, of the year. So Ron's good. Ron might have lost it a little bit. <laughs> um, so that's Ron's just initial thought. We're going to have him on once his review's done. So uh, I don't know when that is. Probably next week, maybe. Although, no, it's Thanksgiving next week. So once he does the review, which should be soon, um, we're going to have him on so we can. <laughs> he's got to justify it. These are big statements. These are big. Well, he also said the HTC 1A9 was the fun of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, that's right. He said it was a contender. So, um, I'll just say I, I had the phone for, I don't know, half a day, unbox it, play with it for a minute. Uh, so I don't have many impressions other than it actually feels pretty good in hand. Although it has this really tacky back that is both, I could see being both good and bad. Like it's never going to slip out of your hand, but it also, I could see it just picking up nasty things and just looking gross over time. But uh, the keyboard, I used it a little bit. It was, you know, it's okay. It's a physical keyboard. I actually like the fact that you can use it as a touchpad. I think that's a pretty cool addition. The phone wasn't overly big or heavy or anything for having the size of battery it does and that keyboard on there. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I am personally interested to hear what Ron's final verdict is. Now, I'm, I'm personally not. Like, that phone just does not interest me anymore. I've seen too much of it. Yeah. It's been... It's being pawned off by everyone. I'm just like, I'm just so over it, you know? Yeah, there's a little excessive hype going on with the Priv that I'm just not understanding. (laughs) Like, it was one of those when it came out and everyone, especially our readers, saw the price. They just kind of went, eh. And and that it was the exclusive. They all just lost interest right away. So I'm not sure what the excessive continued hype is all about. Most people don't really seem to care anymore about (laughs) this phone. Real people don't care. Most of the reviews I've read all were like, Eh, it was a nice attempt, but you probably shouldn't buy this phone. Uh, and and that's what most people said. So uh, th- again, that's why I'm interested to hear what Ron has to say about it. So uh, on a related note though, Verizon has confirmed that it will carry it soon. 
they didn't give a date. Uh, I saw an interview with uh, BlackBerry CEO yesterday, and he talked about the exclusivity with AT&T. And he said that was going to run through the end of the calendar year. So Verizon must think soon is like three months away or something. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so confused by that all. So anyways, BlackBerry Pro, we've got, got a review coming. It'll be from Ron. Look out for that soon. Uh, so we can see if, if it really is phone of the year candidate. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you have a couple of devices in house. You now have uh-huh. a one plus X in the massive galaxy view. You want to mm. talk about those briefly? You can start with whichever one you want to go with. Yeah, sure. I can shoot through the one plus X real quick. Don't buy it. Um, for the galaxy view. And the reason I say that for the one plus X is because <laughs> like we, we, I wanted to re- I reached out to OnePlus to make sure that their LTE radios, that all the specs they list were correct, and apparently they are. And what we found is that the device just won't run very well on um, at least AT and T's LTE network. And uh, so, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, unlike Geo's that you're selling in the U.S. and you don't include AT and T's major LTE band, like what the hell are they thinking? <laughs> I think they're just thinking that it really wasn't even going to be a big deal for U.S. consumers, even though they tried to make it seem like it was. I mean, because they did announce it for the U.S., but then they left out a very important thing, feature. So um, they said they have no plans of updating it to, like, sort of enable that radio or anything. So, I mean, it's basically, it's a $250 phone. It feels really good. It's a really nice, well-done phone. This is the best hardware that OnePlus has ever made. I'll say that. It looks but great, yeah. It looks great, but you just can't use it. I stuck in a L- uh, AT&T LTE-enabled SIM, and uh, nope, nothing I got. I was having so many issues. I was going from 3G to HSPA, back to 3G. I would reboot, and I never saw LTE, and I live in a pretty uh, sort of urban. Uh, it's suburban, but definitely I live right outside of Portland, major metro city, and uh, and nothing. And I'm not going to walk around with 3G in my pocket. Like, I'm sorry, this is not 2008. So it's seriously going to be like that for most people. Unless you're in a major city that has band four coverage from AT&T, which don't get me wrong, they're they're growing that network, right? It's getting but better. The main LTE network of AT&T is in band 17 and the phone doesn't have it. So if you're not like in the center of a city, chances are you're probably not going to have LTE with that phone. Which is stupid. Yeah. So don't yeah, don't buy. I mean, look, you can buy and use it on T Mobile. It has band four, but it doesn't have T Mobile's band twelve, which is their extended range LTE. So you're not gonna get that eventually. And I know it's only a two hundred dollar it is a two hundred dollar phone. Two hundred fifty. Oh, two fifty, okay. So yeah, it's just unless you're gonna use it on T Mobile and you don't care about band twelve, like don't buy it in the US. If you're in another country, sure, think about it. If it has the radios for your country, your <laughs> yeah, territory, check, yeah, check might want to check. Support, yeah, because yeah, apparently OnePlus just doesn't like to disclose like that their phone doesn't work where they're selling it. So, Yeah, that's yeah. one of those things like, yeah, it's for the U.S., but it'll no. barely work. It really will barely work. Um, I mean, for an unlocked phone, that's the only beef is that it's an unlocked phone. It's marketed as an unlocked phone. So an unlocked phone sort of needs these things in order to work as you would hope from an unlocked device here in the U.S., so I think that was really like our main beef, but um, I'm just wondering yeah. if like you know they're they're sort of thinking band 17 hasn't really caught on yet. You know, it's not really like a big technology yet. So maybe they're just 
they just left it out of this one and they'll re-add it in later when AT&T's LTE becomes a big deal. They'll listen to the community and they'll take feedback and maybe they'll implement it next year. Maybe they won't. Who knows? <laughs> you still need an invite to buy the damn thing. Oh, that's so right, who, who even cares? Yeah, who anyway. really cares? Yeah, let's move on. The hell with the OnePlus X. Yes. So on to the Samsung Galaxy View. Man, what a device. Definitely tablet of the year uh, in my book. That thing is so massive. 18.4 inch display. It's full HD at least, 1920 by 1080p. And, uh, you know, there are some downsides. It only features two gigs of RAM, sort of an underpowered uh, Exynos processor. And when we're talking 18.4 inches of full HD resolution, um, you're going to need some some power to really drive that. And, and it has TouchWiz on top of Android Lollipop, um, the buggiest uh, Android to date. And so really, I, I had like some hiccups here and there. Touch input, extremely terrible. When the keyboard, it takes a lot of time for the key, keyboard to actually pop up for you to type on it. And when you're typing on it, it's super plasticky. I mean, it just doesn't feel, it's not a premium device. The design is awful. It has a built-in kickstand, which you cannot remove. It's not a flat design. Does it has the keyboard these, like tilt or is it just one position? Like the keyboard or the backstand? Sorry, backstand. Can you adjust yeah. it or is it one position? You can adjust it. It's on a hinge. It okay. either is standing up at the worst possible angle, like vertically <laughs> almost, because I'm always sitting like low like this, or or you have it on its back where it's sitting up, kind of like a kind of at an angle, okay. and like you can like type on it like on a laptop. Yeah, and that looks good, but um, boy. I just don't think it's all that good of a device. Do like, you have it laying right there? You probably don't. Of course I do. <laughs> just hold this thing up so we can see it on camera. Oh, my God. Here it is, folks. Galaxy View. <laughs> it's massive. <laughs> it's so huge. Taking calls. But, um, <laughs> no, it's, you know, so here's what I mean. So it's got, uh, here it is, and it, it, it operates on a hinge system. <laughs> Oh, dude. The first time I opened it out of the box, I was like, what the hell is this thing? Like, I didn't know it came with the. Is that like game. permanently curved? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would like fold. <laughs> no, it doesn't fold. It's always there. But um, wait, has wait a- you can't take that off? No. No, that's, that's permanent, permanently attached. What? Yeah, there's definitely no latches. I looked inside the user manual to see if I could disassemble it, but no. The reason I think is because so on the back side it has these external speakers that give it a hump. I don't know if you can see right there. <laughs> it's a it's a huge hump. There's external speakers. But uh it's it's really poorly designed, at least in my opinion. <laughs> I had never seen the back of it. Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> But it comes with a on AT and T's network. It comes with access to Directv and NFL Sunday Ticket, <laughs> so that makes it worth it. All right, I'm trying to get my stuff <laughs> under control here. Yeah, compose yourself. Oh boy! All right, so it has Directv though, which is kind of cool, right? Yeah, on AT and T, you can buy it uh, without AT and T on uh, for like six hundred dollars, I think. If you get it on AT&T, you can pick it up for only $99 with a two-year service agreement to DirecTV. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a ripoff. <laughs> but uh, it, should be, it should be free if you're getting two years of uh, DirecTV. Man, that's just my, 
that's just my opinion. But um, yeah, it's massive. I mean, it's a, it's eighteen inches of worthlessness because I know Kellen and I probably share the same opinion on Android tablets. Like app developers don't take Android tablets as seriously as iOS developers do, where apps are really tailored for the iPad specifically. And on Android, you know, everything just sort of fixes, auto sizes itself. And so I think developers just kind of poo-poo Android tablets. And um, th- yeah, this is, it, that's what's going to happen here. It seems like the type of device that if you had it, it might be good, like, moving around your house. Because it does have a handle, right? So, like, moving around your house, if you wanted to have a screen in a room where you don't maybe yeah. have TV. But you also need direct TV to really take advantage of that. The <laughs> built-in handle right here. It's I got the it's little... I thought, like, for sure that thing would fold, like, flat. I thought it was, like, a curved thing that you could... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard plastic, but it's oh, it man. feels extremely fragile. Like it bends. It looks fragile. Yeah. It's and it's so cheap sounding. Like it's just it's a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Seriously, you're not saying run out and sign a three year contract for that thing. No. Yeah. I mean, if. Uh, like it, it acts as a cool secondary device. You know, say you're outside, you got your barbecue going, you need your NFL out there or something like that, and you have just limit unlimited amount of cash to just spend on stuff, and then why not? But no real person needs the Galaxy View. I've seen Engadget retweet the same post saying, I don't know why this thing exists. And I and I agree. I don't yeah. exactly know why, because you know, if you have a HD TV in your home, then I think you'll do just fine without it. But if you have no TV and you still want access to DirecTV and NFL and all that, then it's actually it's a decent option. But it's just the design sucks, and the build sucks, and TouchWiz sucks. And it'll probably never get Marshmallow. So. Oh, God, no, never. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Yep, that's it. Galaxy View. <laughs> Don't expect a full review. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, in carrier news... Uh, well, number one, Verizon's $20 price hike on unlimited data plans is live. So it doesn't go into effect until your next billing cycle starting after the 15th. So like say your billing cycle ends on November 26th, you would have a $20 price increase in that next month. Um, also, if you want to upgrade, because w- once this increase goes into effect, you can upgrade using a device uh, payment plan. I think you can actually send it to your contract to an upgrade once this happens and not lose unlimited. Um, but you also can't do that until your next billing cycle starts. So just in mind, <clears throat> um, Sprint announced the biggest wireless offer in history. I should put quotes up for that uh, this week, which is basically just a rehashing of a, of a plan they did a year ago, except they added T-Mobile to it. It's actually pretty funny. So basically they're just doing 50% off of Verizon, AT&T and T-Mobile rate plans. So this only applies to people that are not currently Sprint customers. So if you're already a Sprint customer, you don't get these rates. It's only to new people. Um, And basically they're just taking whatever your Verizon, AT&T or T-Mobile rate is, cutting it in half. And that includes the line access fee and then giving that to you until I think all the way through 2018 or something. And they just announced a new sort of extended range LTE as well. Uh, and they'll give you $650 per line um, in an American Express reward card if you uh, have, you know, ETFs and stuff like that. So it's, uh, I mean, in the end, whether or not it's a good deal, in the end, it's still Sprint's network. And so it's tough, I think, for anyone to want to run out and uh, 
and go sign up for this. But anyways, that was their big news. It's huge. It's huge news. In sort of related news, T-Mobile also announced some stuff actually the week before, which is they announced Binge On, which is a video streaming service where it doesn't count against your data data plan, just like their Music Freedom. Freedom. What was is it Music Freedom? Yeah. So same thing. Um, and then they also are doubling data on their simple choice plans while they're also increasing prices on a couple of them, which they didn't really mention to anyone. Uh, so they announced that stuff. So T-Mobile's got new things. Video watching, it doesn't count with select services, doubling data on some plans, increasing prices on others. Um, and then, yeah, Sprint's got 50% off deal. Hmm. The carrier battles are on. Uh, let's see. In other brief news, there is a new Google Plus. Uh, also, oh, on that note, we are not broadcasting through a Google Plus event hangouts on air google plus event we're actually doing it directly through our youtube channel and we're doing that because the new google plus basically killed hangouts on air functionality so you kind of have to go through youtube at least for now that's the only way we could figure it out so that's why we're doing this the new google plus is fine it's just sort of a slim trimmed down version of google plus basically google has been i think it was TechCrunch almost two years ago now Maybe it was just a year ago. And I think it was almost two where they said Google Plus is dead. They're going to start ripping out piece by piece and taking it apart. And Google shut that down and everyone threw a big fit. All the Google Plus users got really pissed off about it, I remember. And here we are today and Google Plus relaunched basically this week. And it's been stripped down to nothing. It's basically Google Plus timeline and communities and collections. Photos is gone. The Hangouts piece of it is gone. It's It really is like completely stripped down. So. It's kind of sad. It's the death of um, the world's like 10th most popular social network. So (laughs) yeah, um, people use it. Um, You know, we, we still share all of our stories on there. I don't personally have enough time in a day to like hang out over there socially, but I know people use it and we're obviously still going to share our stories over there because we do have people that read it over there. But yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of just been the slow death of look, it's not dead, but it's, they, they, they've totally changed it completely. For, it was supposed to be this robust, big social network. And now it's just sort of like, hey, let's share some cool things that we like about life type of thing. It's kind of what it is now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, LG launched the Watch Urbane Second Edition LTE last week on AT&T. It was supposed to launch, I believe, today on Verizon. And last night in the last hour of the day basically killed it like they killed the thing they didn't even say yeah it's probably going to come back soon we just need to tweak some things like they found a hardware issue which they won't disclose what that is and they've canceled the watcher bane second edition lt uh number one i'm so excited to never have to type watcher bane second edition lt ever again and number two say it uh but number three it's just weird that Like they pushed, like they've been selling this thing on ATP for a week and it was supposed to hit Verizon and just whoosh, it's gone, canceled completely. So you can't even buy it now. And if you did buy one, uh, ATT will swap it out and give you something else, like a Gear S2 or something. Or a refund. Or, or a refund, yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, they sure did wait to the last possible second to pull the thing. Um, I wish companies were a bit more transparent when it comes to things like this. You know, as consumers, I want to know like what the problem was. Clearly not a software thing. They definitely said it was a hardware-related hardware. issue. I, I just, was it, like, killing people? <laughs> like, yeah, was it, like, was it going to blow up? Yeah. Did it shock you when you put it on, or were you connected it to LTE? Um, 
Well, it's, it's a big deal too because it's the first watch that had or Android Wear watch with connectivity, LTE. right? Yeah. And it had LTE, and just this week, like Google put out a big blog post that said we now support Android Wear now supports LTE and connectivity and all this. You can make phone calls and speaker support and all this stuff. And this is the first watch with it. It's the first watch with Marshmallow and all this stuff. And then <laughs> LG kills it last night. What a weird thing. Kind of sad. Terrible name. Um, Watcher Bane second edition LTE. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, they just need to like rebrand or something. It's time to rebrand. I saw, do we know what Urbane means? Urban with an E, I guess. I don't. Urbane, suave, courteous, and refined in matter. Okay, look at that. Learned something today. Yeah, the name sucks. When they first released the first Watcher Bane, I remember being like, this name (laughs) has got to go. And now they've done it for about three different versions. And this one's just wait. I mean, your your product's name should not be five words long. (laughs) For For a watch. My God. Yeah. So that's dead. Um, in other LG news, the G5 got a rumor. What was the rumor? I haven't even looked into this that much. The rumor straight out of uh, Korea is that the G5 is going to feature an all-metal build. Sun LG being one of the last you know, major OEMs that has yet to incorporate metal um, in its entire design. You know, Samsung's going all glass and metal. HTC's been all metal. And uh, so really looking forward to it. A lot of people said that... Um, they, w- they wish that, say, like the G4 uh, was more metal. But they did sort of shy away from the plastic on that. There were leather backs you could get for it. Or you could just buy it with a leather back and get a plastic back for it. But um, still, mostly plastic. I-, I mean, even the leather itself, I'm pretty sure, was plastic. Um, pretty sure it was. <laughs> it was pretty crappy leather, dude. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. But uh, so the G5 Ultra Premium with uh, with the metal. And uh, what else was there that I uh, have for the LG rumor? I forget right. Maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Any- oh, they were saying well, that they, they their were talking payment. Their own payment system coming out. Or oh, announcing? right. I was going to talk about when they were going to announce it, but um, they were they're expecting like February, sort of around MWC time. Oh, so they're moving up because otherwise it was like May, right? The last couple of G devices. It, yep. And um, so by doing that, they are now pitting themselves directly against the possible launch of the Galaxy S7, which is supposed to happen in either late January or early February. So everyone's just moving up in the timeline. It's very, very odd. It's odd behavior. Um, I think, you know, I guess they just want to shake it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's fine with me as long as they're getting closer to bringing it back to CES. Mm-hmm. So that when we go to CES, we might actually have something worthwhile to talk about. Think That'd about be great. It. That'd In be like great. Two years will be pushed so far back. CES will be relevant again. It's all cyclical. Yep, <laughs> I like it. CES. Uh, yeah, yeah. So G five rumor. That's one of our first big G five rumors. I think. I'm pretty sure it might be the first yeah. big one, at least. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In other short, quick news: Push Bullet, one of our favorite apps. They uh, announced a pro version this week, which costs five bucks a month subscription or forty bucks a year, which is about three thirty-three a month. And man, did they piss everyone off! Uh, Pushbullet, it, really good service. If you're not familiar with it, you can push files and URLs and information in between devices and your computers and all this stuff. It's also sort of a chat app, which is stupid. No one uses it to chat; they just use it to share files. Um, you can use it for SMS syncing. So you can text people from like your computer and now your tablet all through push bullet. And it's this really good service. 
and it's gotten better and better over the years. And they reached a two year anniversary and announced push bullet pro and people are pissed because they're taking, <clears throat> they're taking away features that have been free for two years and now putting them under this pro sort of shield. And so people are mad that they're taking stuff away. Uh, I, I, I don't really know what to say other than like, number one, the company's got to make money. Uh, we've all been wondering, right? They've, they've been free forever and they've continued to add on new features and exist. So they need to make money. Is their pricing right? I'm not here to decide that. Like I only really use the free features. So I, it, does, like, it doesn't bother me. I'm just going to keep using the free stuff. But I know a lot of people are mad that the texting, um, you don't, you only get a hundred if you do the free version and the pro version is unlimited. And then there's also universal copy and paste. Those are kind of like the two things I saw people complaining about the most that are now pro features. So, um, you know, they, they ran an AMA today on Reddit, um, because they clearly heard the cries from people who were mad and look rightfully. So you can be mad. You had a service that was free for two years and now all of a sudden someone wants you to start paying for it. I totally get why people would be pissed, but I also get why these people are doing it because they need to make money. Like in order for push bullet to succeed and be alive still, like they have to make money at some point. So I don't know what the right option is. I know I've seen some people say like, just charge a dollar a month or just let me pay 10 bucks one time. And it's just not that simple. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, the developers using the uh, Reddit, ask me anything to sort of talk to the people that he pissed off and try and see if they can work out some type of middle ground. Yeah. They've been talking today a couple. I think he went, individually on his name's ryan by the way he went individually on by himself on reddit to answer some questions and then came back as like we're push bullet we're here to answer your questions like they've done like two today i think yeah he's trying i mean you know he he has such a good um, application it's a great service i know when we first discovered it years ago that uh, a lot of people fell in love with it and now, you know, uh, I'm sure he doesn't want people hating him or hating the service. So I'm sure yeah, eh. no, they still need to make money and survive. Yeah. So, so like somebody, we all kept thinking like Google would buy them. Never did happen, but very odd. Yeah. I would have thought that would have happened a long time ago. I would have thought for sure. Somebody would have bought them by now. Like the, yeah. the technology, uh, um, the app, just the service, I guess you should say is really, really cool. And I could, I'm, I'm just surprised like Microsoft didn't buy them or something like that. Or, you know, Google, they seem to buy like really odd companies that I don't ever understand. And then they f- sort of figure things in back end. This seems like a established company like Microsoft would be like, no, we're going to buy them and we're going to include this in Outlook. Piss me off. <laughs> Maybe he was just holding out for a higher price that never came. And who knows? Maybe. Yeah. They still could sell. You never know. They'll, sure. What they'll do is they'll get enough paid people and show that they have earnings. And then somebody will buy, <laughs> somebody will buy them. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right. Another super quick news. Huawei introduced new battery technology like a week or two ago where you can charge a battery in five minutes. Yeah. So they had this 3000 milliamp hour battery. It was so long ago. I forgot all the details. Um, they showed off this, at this battery symposium. Did you know that there's battery symposiums <laughs> in Japan? So at this battery symposium, they had two lithium ion batteries. One was a 600 milliamp hour battery. So we don't really care about that. Well, that could go on a smartwatch, I guess. And a 3000 milliamp hour battery and the 600 milliamp hour battery. They charged to 68% in two minutes Hmm. and the 3000 milliamp hour battery. They charged to 48% in five minutes. And so this isn't like, 
a quick charge. This is like a battery they've created that's able to be quick charged. And so I would imagine like their next phone is going to have this thing in there, which is awesome. Think about that. Five minutes. I mean, like quick charge is awesome enough as it is, you know, like 15 minutes, you can get eight hours of battery life or whatever, but we're talking 50% five minutes. That's cool. That's legit. Yeah. All right. Two apps real quick. YouTube music launched number one, and then Apple music launched. Have you used either of them? No. I used Apple Music on launch day for five minutes. I remember that you can't stream Beatles music still, and so I just didn't open it. And then Apple reminded me, or Google reminded me, that I had an update for it, so I uninstalled it at that point. (laughs) Update reminder you just uninstalled. Yeah, Yeah, I I haven't installed it. I don't know why we need another YouTube app, number one. I keep saying number one and number two. I have like lists of things in my mind today. It's so weird. YouTube Music, I just don't understand why it exists. We have so many YouTube apps, we just don't really need another one. Yeah, they and keep then, breaking it down into smaller and smaller pieces, even when the YouTube app that does all of it, it's still there and totally usable. Like, yeah. I don't get it. It doesn't make much sense. And then Apple yeah. Music, I did the free trial right. when they first launched it, so I don't think I can do another free trial um, now that it's on Android. And I didn't like the service anyway, so I just can't imagine wanting to use it. I'm just waiting for Google to give us their family plan, that's all. Yeah, I saw some uh, some crazy people on Twitter saying that the UI was really good and like it was a better music app than some of the Android like native music apps. And I was like, "What, dude? Like, it didn't seem like all that good to me. I mean, it looked like they were trying to make an iOS app for Android, and it, it just to me it didn't seem all that good or native or anything like that. There was like maybe like the slide, the pullout menu or like nav drawer was the only thing that was like native Android, but um. Some people said that the, the the developers, the Apple's in-house developers, did a really good job at making it, and I just said no. Like, do we know if it was in-house people? Because remember when they did their transfer to Android app, and it was totally a third-party app. Yeah, I, I don't if know. This one was actually in-house or not? I thought there were reports going around not too long ago that Apple was looking to hire Android developers to make these things. So oh, yeah, that's right, they were. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know if anyone really cares. I mean, it's good, but why are you going to use Apple Music? Unless you were already on iOS and came to Android, then I don't see a need for you to get Apple Music because Google Music, I think, delivers a much more, like, refined uh, experience for Android than Apple Music would. I think they're targeting the... uh the stepchild that has stuck with a Samsung phone when everyone else in the family has an, has an iPhone. And so they have like the Apple music family plan and the little stepchild that gets slapped around has the crappy Samsung phone, the cricket wireless phone. Yeah. Yeah. The cricket wireless, like base model, Samsung galaxy a two or whatever it's called. And yeah, poor kid. Yeah. Poor guy. He's always getting picked on. He's always getting picked on. But yeah. Right. Wow, we got through a lot in an hour and 20 minutes. Topics. pretty good. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Thanksgiving's <laughs> well, coming up. <laughs> yeah, so Thanksgiving next week. Um, I, I'm i guessing we're not going to have a show next week because otherwise no, it would be on Wednesday no. and there's just nothing's going to happen. I don't really want to have a Black Friday special where we just talk about <laughs> deals. deals. <laughs> uh, yeah, so next week, just so you guys know, around this site, it's probably going to be slow. That's not our fault. There's just probably nothing going on. Um, so we'll try to make it entertaining and, and look, Black Friday is coming up and I know a lot of you are looking for deals. So we probably will be sharing quite a few deals as they pop up or try We'll try not to like completely bombard you and offend you with deals, but if there's a good deal out there, we'll let you know. Yeah. We like deals too. Dang it. 
Yeah, so. I know. I need to start coming up with a list of presents for people. See if I need to take advantage of some of these deals. All right. Uh, so otherwise, probably no show next week, but then we're closing in on 100. So it's going like, to be epic. Yeah. I mean, before the end of 2015, we will hit 100. We have like six weeks worth of chances, I think, to get there. So we might hit 100. <laughs> <laughs> we might hit 100. Uh, we will for sure. We got time. Yeah, we will for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. It's episode 98, Droid Life Show. We're out. Peace. Bye-bye.